Hello. <laughs> hi. Hi. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. Welcome back to 100% BS with me, Bella Solonot. Today, I have a very special friend. Um, how long have we known each other? It's a good question. Maybe like 21 years, something like that? Yeah, I think almost 22, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, it's been a while. I met you in a hospital, which is like so bizarre. You normally don't build friendships Weird, in yeah. a hospital. but um, Weird place to, yeah, to make a best friend. I met you there on... You're being born, actually. And um, I happened to be, I actually was made your, your sibling, I guess. But I didn't have really a choice in that. Yeah. But here we are, 21 years later. On the pod. On the pod. So this is my sister, Olivia. I call her Ollie. And we decided, we've been wanting to have you as a guest for a long time. Because... Growing up, you're part of the reason that I've become really interested in conversation in general and kind of we've always had this ability to just talk about specific issues, even if they're extremely controversial. And you're really good at playing devil's advocate. And we've just built a really good dynamic, I think, for having any type of conversation. So that's why I'm pumped to have you on today. So today we decided that we would dive in to... The idea of blind trust. Blind trust. What does it mean? It's kind of like the opposite of being a skeptic of like questioning things. Mm -hmm. Blind trust is like you just essentially would do what any blank person says, whatever thing you blindly trust, you take their advice, you do what they say without question. question. Yeah. Yeah. And something that I think we share that we find really important is the ability to question things and the ability to critically think about things, no matter how mainstream or common or how much people agree in general with that thing. I have, I find it really important to be able to question it anyway. And something I think we've both found frustration with in general is when society and people organizations in general don't, it's kind of difficult to question the mainstream in general. And when we say mainstream, it's like, we'll kind of get into this, but you know, whether that's mainstream media, like your CNN, your Fox, your MSNBC, your typical big, huge media corporation, mainstream would also be like other larger corporations, whether they're like companies or Mm -hmm. people who just follow the typical narrative that we see. And And belief systems. Belief systems, yep, exactly. Things that would be essentially what you would think the norm is. And if you start to question that you are in the minority or it's like an uphill battle to question that thing. Um, I think the interesting thing to start with is like, what exactly is blind trust and why is that problematic? Like, how do you see... how, How have you seen yourself blindly trust things and others do it? And why... Do you think we've identified it as a problem? It's a good way to start it out. Let's see. I mean, I feel like the issue when people get into a rhythm of just blindly trusting the people around them, the information that they're receiving on social media from doctors, the government, institutions, anyone sending out a message is that we kind of 
forget to do our own analysis or, or not forget to, but we, we get lazy or, or we just get complacent of like not figuring things out for ourselves. So the more we get into like basically not thinking for ourselves, we're just trusting Mm -hmm. the values, the process, the beliefs of the people who are giving us messages that we're just taking yeah, straight out. And so that's when I think the more you blindly trust, the more you start to lose yourself and your own understanding of why you're making decisions, mm-hmm. why you believe things. Because if that process isn't there for yourself, how do you fully understand why you're deciding to do something, why you believe right. something? It's like when you get to a point of being on autopilot and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all are like, obviously our main experience is in the U S we have a bit of comparison from, um, our, the culture and the differences in Argentina, because that's where our dad grew up. So, but mainly mm-hmm. our experiences here in the U S. And so I think it's like growing up when let's say the education system, if that's public school, whatever leads you, leads us as people to go down certain paths, which some are not bad, like norms are made for a reason and sometimes they're good. But what you're getting at is essentially when you have been doing things a certain way for so long that you be, mm-hmm. you get onto autopilot and you don't question why you're doing it, that yeah. I think typically is problematic because what if your process of doing something starts to become outdated or because you never questioned it, you don't know if it's yeah. actually good for you. So like we each kind of have, you know, I've had an experience with like health that turned me kind of away from conventional medicine in the daily. Like mm-hmm. there's a time and place for conventional for sure. And it's an incredible thing, but we've kind of, you know, been turned away from it when we had a personal experience that made us question is this route of solving problems actually the best for me. And if I ended up feeling like I actually see more value in, for example, holistic wellness, that came from a place of questioning what the typical approach is. So mainstream in this instance would be the conventional system. Yeah. Western medicine. Yeah. And I think there tends to be like, I guess I'm I'm trying to think like, where does this blind trust come from? from and it's like it's consistently reinforced in society well i think it's like it's constantly perpetuated because if you're someone who is in this pattern of blindly trusting and somebody comes in and questions what you believe it's like it's shocking that it's like oh shit i've never actually thought like why i believe this Mm -hmm. or how I came to this conclusion. And so when you're someone who questions someone who it seems like is blindly trusting what they're told, what they're fed mm-hmm. and you're like the reaction you receive is like shocking or confusing. It, I feel like kind of makes you feel uncomfortable to, to question it. And yeah. that then leads to just blindly trusting more like, yeah, well, because There's like a survival instinct, I think, within us that we don't want to 
be that different from our mm. group, our family, our community, our tribe, our country, whatever it is. Because when you are diff, like the root of that disagreement or the questioning can make you feel like you might be ostracized from your group. Yeah. And that's why I think there's not a lot of incentive for someone to come out against something that's become the norm. You know, that's why the conversation feels really uncomfortable, but I really feel like we need to do that because like you said, if not, you end up on autopilot and then 20, 30 years go by and you've been doing something a certain way because you learned it when you were young and in school and you never questioned it. Yeah. And you don't even know why you're doing it. Right. And it would be, you know, this is not to say like to be a completely anti-mainstream person. Like I think, you know, I even pose this, this podcast as being alternative thinking. I like to question the norm, but I think it's because it's like, it's, the mainstream isn't always an evil thing. It gets, you know, very, we, you know, we quickly would be like mainstream media and like yeah. conventional medicine, like it's all evil. And I think I'm, I don't think we're trying to say that at all. Yeah. And I don't believe that. I think it's that because it's become so mainstream and normalized that we stop applying critical thinking to yeah. it. I think it's also that it's, it can be scary to, ask a question if something doesn't like make sense to you. Like think about even simply like in the classroom, in math class, like the professor's explaining something and you don't understand, but everyone around you understands. Mm. And even if it's like the professor made a mistake on the board, like they put a plus instead of minus sign. Yeah. But it's hard, at least in my opinion, like it's hard to speak up and be like, can you explain why that symbol is there? Mm. Or like, can you explain what led you to that? And like to be in a room where everyone is like on the same page and you all of a sudden feel like you're not connecting the dots. It's really tough to speak up. And And you would be questioning the teacher. So that's a dynamic there. Yeah. That's like you or there's also cultural norms at play Mm -hmm. because if it's kind of frowned upon, to question the teacher, like that's part of the reason you're not for sure doing it. It's the classroom environment, but it's right. also that it feels kind of wrong or rude or, or yeah, disrespectful. It's the power structure of like, well, this is the person who has an expertise in this. Is it right for me to question it? Even like, I mean, that's applicable to everything with yeah. your parents, with your older sibling, with your doctor with whatever expert you're speaking to or just anyone who seems to have more knowledge on a subject than you do, it's scary to be like, I don't understand this fully. Yeah. So, And I think a really good tangible example is probably in the context of the past year. Um, you know, I, Definitely. at the beginning of, you know, lockdowns and everything was – you know, things were developing and so I wasn't really sure. So I just kind of did what I was told in a way. And it's not to say that essentially it's like the past year is an example of people who questioned what was going on and questioned, should we be locking down? Should we be doing X, Y, and Z to get through this pandemic? Do we need to, you know, follow this rule? Those people were really quickly villainized in the media and like 
even censored. Like there was just a lot of issues with anyone who didn't agree with what the mainstream media and the government was Mm -hmm. telling us to do for this issue was villainized. And that's hard because I understand from the other perspective that if you view that as dangerous, because in your eyes, if you think this is the best thing to do and someone is like, no, it's not, then you would view them as dangerous. And But we like kind of throw that term around. But also I feel like the norm should be that if you have a strong belief and someone comes up to you and says, you know, I think this might not be the best way to approach things. Do you feel a threat from that person? Or do you feel like that person is maybe opening your eyes to a perspective that you haven't looked at? Like, it doesn't need to be dangerous, you know? Right. Yeah. Because that's like the whole point is you should be able to question things, especially if you're coming from a place of like, I think in this specific situation, in the context of the last year, any expert who was questioning what the main, what the main, you know, mandates were mm-hmm. was probably coming from a good place and they just wanted the best for everyone. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, why are we so quick to be alarmed by the idea of that, of there being a question in that? Yeah. And like, it should be normalized that like experts, scientists, whatever could think differently about yeah how to solve an issue. Because if nobody's asking questions, then maybe you assume that everybody has the same belief system, the same values, analyzes in the same way, and like comes to the same conclusion. And so, right, you know, in that situation, maybe there's no questions. But in the United States, where there's more than 300 million people who all have different belief systems, all have different approaches to their health, to their wellness, have different degrees of knowledge on viruses, like Mm -hmm. in terms of COVID this last year, like there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands more of different approaches or different viewpoints on how something should be handled. And so that it's, it's inevitable that there's going to be questions and that there's going to be people believing that their way of approaching something is better than others. Yeah. But then, I mean, it can get to the point of, okay, well, how do you decide whose belief system and whose approach on how to deal with something is superior to others Mm -hmm. and to rule out or to write off other people's approaches? And that's where I think, I don't know, we, we blindly trust, or a lot of people blindly trust the people in power or celebrities or doctors, whoever it is, like what they tell the majority. Yeah. And then the second somebody else brings in a different viewpoint, if you're the person who's blindly trusting, it's like, I've never heard anything be questioned before. Like, yeah, everything that I know to be true, like, or how is it that everything I know to be true could be wrong by this different perspective? And that's right. where it's like, we can't have room for questions because it's too shocking to to even consider that what you've been believing is 
is possibly wrong or just not, you know, the best answer or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think when, yeah, you're getting at the piece that when a paradigm that has been, you've been living your life in a certain way and someone comes in and tries to like basically shatter your paradigm of being like there's actually another way that you could be approaching life there's another mm-hmm. mindset here there's another approach to wellness there's another approach to how you consume your media like whatever it is that is scary because we don't it's really scary to feel like the way you've been doing things yeah there's another way or that no one's been questioning it or to question also yourself of like, what, what, what have I been doing? If I have just been on autopilot, like following what everyone's been telling me. And it's, it's super uncomfortable. And it's so much, it's so much harder to say to yourself, like, okay, I'm going to give some time and space to look into whatever I've just like heard Mm -hmm. or like this new perspective that has come to me. And like, I'm going to sit down and question myself and like question my beliefs. Like, cause then you're potentially exposing also the like flaws and holes in your own arguments or your own mm-hmm. beliefs. And that can be really scary and like, yeah, make you also feel lost in yourself. It's like a lot of people, you know, we, we were listening, we were recently listening to, um, the almost 30 episode about being lonely on your spiritual path. It's something that Krista Williams was getting into is like, it is, it just can feel wrong to break away from what most people are doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's hard because, you know, all the while we're talking about this, I'm like, I don't ever want to sound like I know what's best or I've become like awakened, but right. Part of that is like the language of it, because technically, if you are comparing to someone who like has just gone by the book their whole life, like middle school, high school, college, job, and just did what everyone told them Mm -hmm. in whatever format that showed up, like, but then say that person starts to just stop and be like, what if that isn't the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. Technically that that's where the term like awakened comes from because it's yeah. like you just start to think freely and somehow the norm in society at least the way I look at it is to just not question things and like yeah. again I'm we're making generalizations so I'm trying to like come up with these specific examples of context of the last year or like in health and wellness how in our own experience like all through high school it of all up until yeah, from my education all the way through high school, if I got sick or something and had a cold, I would just take Mucinex. I would take mm-hmm. Sudafed, whatever, from the pharmacy. And then it wasn't until college that I, someone helped me question if that was the best uh, course of action. And I had strep throat and I decided to not take antibiotics that time, which maybe you hear that and you're like, that's really risky. But I decided, I, I was like, I'm going to, get better without antibiotics because I've heard and did some research and I found that it might not be good to take antibiotics that often. Right. And I did natural remedies and I got better. And then I continued down the path of holistic wellness and I felt so empowered 
and right. so like renewed and awakened into this way of living. Yeah. And I compare my previous, I look at my previous self and I do view that as like before when I just didn't know as much compare, I feel better now. And mm -hmm. so to me, it's like, yeah, I would call that awakened or something, but I understand. Well, Cause before you were blindly trusting just like the norm of how to deal with strep throat, how to deal with a headache, how to deal with congestion. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, what's interesting is like, how did you reach the point where you were going to try a different course of action? Like you had someone express to you how, how they did something differently and it mm -hmm. worked for them. And I feel like that's, what's also interesting to understand because I feel like sometimes like I maybe figure things out for myself of like, okay, like now when I get a headache before I go to take Advil, I drink some water because I might be dehydrated. Maybe I take a break from the screen. If I've been on my computer all day, mm -hmm. maybe I rest. Like I have certain things that I try before I get to the point of taking Advil because I'm trying to figure out address the root cause of maybe yeah. why I have pain. But then it's like, you know, my friend has a headache and I say like, why don't you try drinking water or, you know, turning your phone off for a bit or something. And it's hard to, you know, sort of get other people maybe to like try this new way that you address your headaches, you know? Yeah. So, and I think that there's a certain level of like, open-mindedness or curiosity that has to take place beforehand to be at the point that when somebody comes to you yeah. or you come across an alternative method of doing something that you're open to trying it. Yeah. So it's like kind of wondering, it's like the default of how we're brought up let's say how the education system brings us into life and teaches us mm -hmm. things. It, it seems like it's, it seems like questioning things and being open to like radically different ideas. Radical can be like a, a an extreme, but mm -hmm. just being open to an idea that's very different. That doesn't seem yeah. like it's a norm for most people. Again, this is all based on our personal experience. Yeah. And like, I always feel I just feel dumb saying these, these like, what do you call it? A disclaimer. disclaimer but yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. I like, I don't know if you, do you do this? Like I, when I'm talking, I'm derailing us, but whatever. Okay. Like I, in my head right now, I'm thinking about how people interpret this. Right. And I feel like that really is kind of is stopping me from just talking and getting through yeah. the idea because I'm like, what if someone takes it this way? Or but what about that? And it's like, I don't what yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And like I'm aware I, it's good to think about how like your ideas will be like I'm trying to basically Perceived actively or, find the holes in what right. I'm saying, but it's also kind of yeah. keeping me from just running with my thoughts, which I want yeah, to I do. Yeah, I mean, I find myself thinking right now like okay, well if you're a person who's just going to jump to the Advil and what I was explaining like yeah. what are what would you say right now? It's like okay, well it's easier to just like jump and take the pill, you know, like, yeah, like not, 
not have to question what you believe, like not go through that uncomfortable or not even uncomfortable, but that just like different thought process. Yeah. And. But I, I think we should just be, I think if most people, let's say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to fucking speak my truth. And I, I, I'm actually glad I brought this up because I, feel like I'm so walking on eggshells with myself of trying to make sure that like, this is going to make sense Mm -hmm. when most people and like the fucking mainstream, whatever I want to call it, doesn't do that. I should be allowed to work through this idea and to say something that's not going to land with everyone. Like someone might be listening and I'm happy that you're here, but Mm -hmm. if this doesn't land with you, that's actually okay and that's actually good. And I actually want that because that's I the want point. That that's the point. That's exactly the point. The point is to normalize having different opinions. Yes. And me and you should be able to sit here and talk about our experience and speak yeah. up and share it and work through it and not be worried that Susie is going to take it wrong and that this person is going to like not understand it yeah. and therefore it invalidates us. Yeah. We're going to shock someone like who blindly trusts. Right. And it's like, I just, this is something I've been working through is I'm trying to find like my voice that comes out and just says like, this is what I believe. This is my experience. This is what the people around me I've seen and I'm going to share it. And if I end up being in the minority, okay, at least you heard a different opinion. Yeah. But like, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of sick of like, for myself yeah imposing this like make sure that it makes sense and that you don't have any holes in your argument it's like that's yeah. i'm a fucking human yeah. and because well, then it's like what like we're gonna hurt someone's feeling who yeah who they like, like to i'm take like what, what yeah i also feel like you know we're open to to feedback and hearing if we have holes in what we're saying and like if somebody if somebody feels like insulted or doesn't like what you're saying or what we're saying. I think that's even more room for questioning yourself and why, yeah, why you're uncomfortable. And like, that's not, I don't, I, I think I need to stop. T- like I'm all about ownership. Like I want to do the best I can, but mm-hmm. there is a point where then you need to allow other people to have ownership too. And if I say something and it triggers someone that's not necessarily, yes, I understand that I can deliver better, right. but if it's just my pure idea and opinion that is triggering, then you gotta own that's on the that other person you. to figure out why it's triggering them. Yeah. So, so let, it, let it be told get- that I just, I want to just say what I want to say yeah. and speak from my experience because that's my reality. That's my truth. Whatever you yes. want to talk about, whatever you want to call it and not. I'm just going to try to let go of like it being well said and perfect and making sense because that's not real. And I just want to, I just want to fucking talk about it. So with with that, I just feel like we were getting at this blind trust idea and how Mm -hmm. it's built into the mainstream narrative. And to me, the mainstream narrative, if I had to like quantify what that is, it's like, it's tied to, your health and wellness is not necessarily in your control. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. tied. It's tied to um, the mainstream media and 
the typical narratives that they push. So let's say in politics, it's like most mainstream media, other than a few outlets, tend to be left leaning. And so most of the like ide- like the ideology tends to be on the left side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, not doesn't necessarily automatically make it bad, but that's typically what the mainstream is. And so I see that there's less questioning of that side of things mm-hmm. and people spend more time openly being ready to question right-sided. Yeah. And then, yeah, like that's what I see as mainstream yeah. is like health and wellness is not necessarily completely in your control. The typical mm-hmm. course of action would be some pharmaceutical drug or treatment that is sim- managing symptoms yeah. Whereas integrative, functional, or holistic wellness is root cause based. You're yeah. largely in Removing control. the cause of your symptoms. Yes. And that you're largely in control of your health wellness, and wellness yeah. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So I think also it's good to note too, like most often like blind trusting happens with the things that you agree with, right? Like mm. when when you read an article and the headline is, you know, bashing someone you don't like, you're more likely to already trust it because that's mm-hmm. the type of thing you want to hear versus you read an article bashing a person that you love and or that you support or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you're automatically more critical because it doesn't align with what you believe. Yeah. Which is Bias. where, which is where we become just like, I don't know what the word is, complicit, like, of just complacent. believing, complacent of just like anything that we see that like we know that we would agree with or that mm-hmm. that feels good to us, like we just believe to be true, and then the second that somebody brings up an idea that's not in line with like what we usually hear about or talk about we're automatically more skeptical. And it's like, yeah, why? It's the cycle of we're like, we're ready to question anything that we, that doesn't align with with. us, but things that align with, we just, we just um, consume them with no problem. And it's like, we should be questioning all things really to a healthy extent. Like, or just like, or aware, aware that you're doing that. Yeah. Because I feel like the word skeptical is like has a negative connotation and it's not that you always have to be skeptical of everything you hear, but it's just like, you know, can you understand the, the analysis that this person writing the article came to, to, to give this conclusion? Mm -hmm. And like, do you know where this comes from? And like, you don't need to dig deeper, right? Like, can you understand the root of what's being shared with you? Yeah. It's apply a lens of critical thinking to everything you consume, not just the things that you, that don't align with your views. And it's hard to do like it's really when when we're again in that autopilot mode, I do it too. Like if I'm, you know, seeing posts on social media or reading the news, I'm, probably more skeptical of the stuff that doesn't align with my view. And that's normal because like we don't, not every second of the day, we don't want to be challenged every second of the mm-hmm. day. Like it, it, it gets tiring. And but like, you, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to just bring in like, you know, there's certain 
also like relationships that we have that we, like I'm trying to think like, okay, within our family, like if one of us siblings like share something or our parents, like do we blindly trust because they're our parent or because they're mm-hmm. our family member? And I think that for people who have good relationships with their family, that's probably the norm. It's like, you know, your parent tells you like, this is a good thing for you. You do it because you trust them. Mm-hmm. But so it's like, where's the balance with that too? Because I feel like definitely like if someone in the family says something that I already agree with, like we we're saying, I'm more likely to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if Lorenzo brings up something that I've never heard of before, I'm like, dude, where did you hear that? You know, yeah. but which is normal ish because we don't want to just go through life being like, yep, yep, yep. All of that. Yeah. Yep. Like it's the balance of like, you can have trust if you've built it. That's the difference. Blind trust is like, yeah. you're just trusting person, organization, institution, because you've either been told to, and that's what everybody else is doing or because they have a title that supposedly they know what they're talking about. They're an expert or whatever versus like actual trust that's built up would be trusting because you've, you've built a relationship or you have looked into their background or you know that their intention is good. Like you understand like their values, their beliefs. Yeah. Take Dr. G. I was literally just thinking about him. Go (laughs) because like for Dr. G is what is a holistic Dr. Christian Gonzalez. Yeah. He's a holistic integrative oncologist. Okay. So he has an Instagram account and honestly, like I, so I listen to his podcast. I watch his, his posts, his videos. And I feel like from the way that he's connected with his like audience or his, Mm -hmm. his fans, that I have a good sense for like what his values are or like what he prioritizes. And he also, when he's sharing like knowledge bomb of what toothpaste to buy that doesn't have toxins, like he'll explain like, this is what I'm looking out for. And this is why like I've come to this conclusion or whatever, Mm -hmm. but he's sort of like gained my trust. Like he posts a story about something. We send them to each other all the time. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, can't eat RX bars anymore or like Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I, for the most part, blindly trust what he puts on his story or what he posts about because I trust the process that he goes through. Yeah. So there's a level of like, the thing is you're trusting though. In part, I would say sometimes like there's too much blind trust just because Mm -hmm. it's like, because we trust him that we don't look into things anymore. But the thing is that he is an example of someone who is very transparent about like everything he does, how he looks into things. If he's yeah. doing a, you know, a product review, he's like telling that he, you know, reached out to the company, the company reached back out, yeah. they had a conversation, this it's is what he looks like for. Upfront. Right. And so, yes, you, we should both still be doing research. On what? We should both still be doing research yeah. of whatever. If he says like XYZ product is really bad for you. Right. It's like, 
we should still have a critical yeah. eye, which I think we still did. I, I personally still am like, okay, good to know. I will look into that further. Yeah. But I think it's like building the muscle of you can have people that you trust a new source that you like to get information from. Yeah. But it being a normal thing that you're like, I'm going to look into it though a little bit more. Right. I think it's also interesting, like, okay, like why exactly do we feel trust in Dr. G? Like it's because of the way that he's expressed like his values as a human, like his beliefs, those sorts of things. And then also maybe his certification of integrative medicine or Mm -hmm. his degree as a doctor and certain things that, you know, signal to us like this person is credible. But that's where I think also like a big part of blind trust is trusting individuals just from the certificate, the degree, the, I don't know what else you call that, that they hold. So it's like, you know, this person is a graduated, you know, doctor. Mm -hmm. And so that gives them credibility and we blindly trust certain things that they say to us because we're like, okay, well you studied this, like you must know. It's like if you're a math major and you're at the dinner table and everybody turns to the math major to calculate the tip because it's like, well, I trust that you can do this well. Yeah. And so I think it's like, really interesting how those titles affect like what we follow or what we just like more easily believe because Mm. you know if someone yeah just like if someone has that title then it's like okay great like you know what you're talking about you must have the public interest in mind or something yeah like if you go to the doctor well, like your job is to help me. Like, of course you're going to tell me the best thing for me to do. Yeah. I think it's hard because that, you know, for the example of the doctors and stuff, like I do think generally you can like build trust for someone based on certifications, expert, whatever, Mm -hmm. But I think it's making sure that that's not the only thing and that if it's especially when it comes to people that are telling you what to do, basically, like, again, for a health example, if someone is about to prescribe you something or tell you what foods to eat, like you should, there's other things that go into it. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, you can be a certified whatever MD gynecologist have gone to school for it, Mm -hmm. but if I, through conversation and through looking into whatever, or even just my visits with you at the office, get a sense that you're just, I'm just one of your, another patient that you're just siphoning through the Mm -hmm. room and you're just trying to get me in and out and tell me what to do and boom, boom, you don't care. Yeah. I'm then I'm, I don't know. I don't think that that's very trustworthy. Like you might know what you're talking about, but I'm not going to just do what you say because your degree is on the wall. Yeah. Like you should, we should suss people out. Yeah. But then it's like, I mean, I agree fully with what you're saying, but I think there are 
you know, are there people who don't care? Like they're, yeah, like I'm trying to get in and out. I'm trying to be prescribed what I, what I need to take. I'm trying to have the fi- the quick fix and move forward. Like I'm not trying yeah. to sit down and understand why I feel this way and this way and, and to be told what I can do for it. Like I'm literally trying to get in and out as fast as possible so I can take antibiotics and get better. Yeah. And, and so, like I guess you maybe have to take into account like – the privilege of like time and resources, but like, I mean, that's just to say that I think there should be better systems in place so that everybody can access. Like I am able, I have a good reach of resources and time and I have found it really difficult to find a holistic functional gynecologist like, and I in theory have the time, but it's, it's like so difficult to do that. So yeah, for most people, like you don't have the fucking time to like question the people who we're supposed to trust. And like, we just hope that, yeah, because they are generally trusted, that's fine. And like, you're crazy if you question them all the time. I think it's also, it's like, I think for a lot of people, it doesn't really cross their mind to think like, okay, maybe I should question a little bit more. Like maybe I should come in and have questions ready or anything like that. It's like... We're not taught to do that Yeah, like the norm is to just go in, like receive what you're told because they're the expert and move forward. And like there's no sort of like drive to understand like, well, why is this going on? And I think the best example that we can go into here is... If you have horrible period pain Mm. and, you know, you're a young girl and you go into the gynecologist and you're saying, you know, I wake up with horrible period pains. I can't go to school every time I get my period for at least two days. Like I have horrible, horrible acne. Like this is unbearable. And you go into the the average gynecologist or Western medicine gyno And you're not like, you're not there to understand like, this is what's going on. Like, this is why you're having PMS. Like, this is why you're having outbreaks of acne. Like, Mm -hmm. there's none of that. It's like, okay, honey, sit down. Like, we're going to give you this birth control pill. It's going to take maybe a month to work. Like, Mm -hmm. it's safe. The side effects are maybe like, it's possible to get blood clots, but you're going to be fine. But it's also like, we're not going to read you the side effects. Like you can read them on your, on the package when you pick up your prescription. Yeah. And it's just like, you're, you come in, you have, you, you explain what's going on and you're sent away with the fix. And that's what most people want. And yeah. But or it's they also, don't know that there's another option. Right. And so like, I feel like when we reflect back on this, like I remember being in 10th grade and going to the gyno with horrible period pain and, I don't know what, yeah, like just like classic, like hormones are imbalanced, like something's going on and being prescribed birth control right away. Like I was not sexually active. I was not needing it to mm-hmm. stop birth. <laughs> Pregnancy, <laughs> to stop <come> to- <laughs> the birth. <laughs> exactly. But it was like, and I left the doctor and I went to school the next day and I was like, this was Hype. for acne. You were prescribed. For, no, I, oh, I had a horrible... PMS and like, like cramping. cramps, right? I'm sure I had acne at that time too. That I was like, 
you know, if you can How fix if you can fix that, that would be sweet. So and you, it was at the point where like a lot of my friends are going on birth control and it was like hype. It was like you know, let's you don't go. yeah, like <laughs> let's fucking go, like get rid of these cramps, like have better skin, like it was almost a brag to come back and be yeah. like my mom let me go to the gyno and yeah. like I'm getting on birth control. And, and I now, had no idea, like I mean, I did not understand like why I was getting cramps, mm-hmm. why I was getting acne, like what birth control even was, what hormones I was being given. Like I had zero understanding. I was not explained any of it. And like, that was it. And then not until two years later when like you started to express, Mm -hmm. because you were also on the pill, like wanting to get off the pill, like looking into alternative methods was I like, oh, like I haven't even thought about another way to like, yeah, go on with my period that's not on birth control. And even then, that was 2018. Mm-hmm. And not until the last six months, probably, have I actually, which we both went off birth control then, but TMI maybe, but <laughs> All not, good. In, not until like this last six months have mm-hmm. we started to learn like, oh, like women have a menstrual cycle that has four phases, like, you have multiple hormones that fluctuate and go up and down. Like it's not just the classic estrogen, Mm -hmm. like, and there are certain signs and symptoms that can explain to you, like you don't have enough progesterone. You have too much estrogen. Like Mm -hmm. you have an this or that imbalance. And like, even just the, the fact that the cycle is four phases was mind blowing to me. Yeah. And so now I think back to when I was like, my 16 year old self in the gyno, like telling them all the horrible symptoms I was feeling and then just being told to go on the pill, which was something that takes away your cycle. Like you're not having an ovulatory cycle when you're on hormonal birth, <laughs> both, both. <laughs> hormonal birth control. And so it's just like, it's honestly mind blowing yeah. because it's like nobody ever expressed to me that like there like there's another way to address the symptoms that I was experiencing like not even simply like understanding my body yeah like I know it's not taught and and I think this is it's a good like way to understand why we feel so strongly about this is because for us and I actually for a lot of women like hundreds thousands i that i'm aware of like have a similar story and that is a lot of times what causes people like that shatters one paradigm about women's health and the purpose of birth control where you're literally like this is actually bullshit like this is actual like i wasn't i'm was completely unaware of a how the fuck my body works and the fact that i have four phases and that when i'm on the pill i don't have an ovulatory cycle like and because of that yeah, I f- you lose trust in the conventional gyno system, and like, it's not yeah. to say that these that the gynecologists are all like bad people. Like, maybe they also just don't know any better, or like this is the course of action they've been taught, and they're just going to do that because they blind trust. Whatever, I don't know. So, well, they're also like the regular like medical degree. Like, you don't. What is it? It's like thirty hours or th- uh, 
of something like it's a very small amount of nutrition nutritional um, training training so it's also like not part of right. their education or their toolbox as as doctors yeah and so and I think it's just like what's crazy is like back when we were deciding to go on on the pill it's like nobody ever expressed another path to me nobody nobody told me there was another yeah. option do you remember i was put on it i was telling this story when lucy fink was on the pod but that i was put on the pill because i hadn't gotten my period yet yeah and i was 17 it yeah. was really late i was put on the pill because i didn't what the fuck that's yeah, not this like wild. that's it's insane wild. that is like but there was no other like it was like yeah try to gain and, weight and but that was it but then like you were left not knowing why you weren't like right you had I no never understanding like and the average woman does not understand like what goes on in their body we're taught that you can get pregnant any day of your life which yeah. is so false not true like you're you're told to be like we're literally told to be like scared of getting pregnant all the time mm-hmm. and made to feel like our period is a horrible thing. Like yeah. from the day that you get your period, it's like, oh my God, this sucks. Like here comes PMS, here comes cramping, here comes acne, here comes all of these things. Like there's like, this is a horrible thing, which is also like, I'm sure this can be like, I feel like this should be brought into the feminist movement of Fuck like yeah. women are not empowered to feel like their ovulatory cycle is a beautiful thing or even taught about like uh, I'm sure it contributes amazing... to it hating your body. Yes. Like absolutely. If you've been because taught it's this horrible, painful thing, the pain is normal, there's no way to escape the pain. You bleed once a month and it's gross and it's such a hassle to deal with and there's nothing and you can do about the you pain. You need to be reliant on this pill that you're gonna have to take every day. Yeah. And if you have sex, you might get pregnant. And like basically at that age, pregnancy equals death. So yeah. then you're gonna be afraid of intercourse, which is gonna stop you from becoming like comfortable with your body sexually. It's, it's up. horrible. It's horrible. So then like, you know, I feel like at this point of like do we're doing this program called Power of Periodization by Balanced Buyers. Shout out Balanced Buyers. Yes, we love them already. <laughs> but through this education program, we're just like every other paragraph I read, I'm just mind blown. And I can't even imagine back to when I didn't understand these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like then it's so difficult to be to then like look at like okay, why are so many like there is, I don't know what the statistic is, but it is crazy how many people get prescribed birth control and it's not to prevent pregnancy. Like it's oh a, gosh. it's a I, very yeah. high number. So then you look at that and it's like, I don't like, how do you move forward with knowing that? Yeah. And then also like, I'm, as we've both for sure experienced, like so many friends who are on some sort of hormonal birth control or are thinking about it. And like trying to express like, you know, this knowledge that we've recently learned or like this different perspective that we maybe maybe have. Mm-hmm. But then whoever's hearing it, it's shocking. Like it's really difficult to hear. And then, okay, like maybe I go tell, we'll keep using Susie, like 
Sorry, Susie. <laughs> I go tell Susie, like, hey, I know you have really bad cramping, but like you can handle this in a different way than birth control. Like you don't have to take the pill. Mm -hmm. But then Susie goes home and the mom is like, listen, honey, like come back to the gynecologist. Like this has been my gynecologist forever. Like all of Susie's other friends are on mm -hmm. the pill and it's like, okay, Ollie it's was- It's an uphill battle. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, Ollie was the only person to say this and like- Yeah. It's just- Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's back to like- blindly trusting because it's what everybody else is doing and because it's an uphill battle to question it. But like, yeah. just because it's just because things are hard, it doesn't, it's not a reason to not do it. You know? Yeah. It's easy that again, easier said than done, but like, like, it's so frustrating when, and this is where I'm going to like hold back from walking on eggshells to like, okay, you tell your friends that you went off the pill and everybody's terrified that you're going to get pregnant or like, you know, you're crazy, Ollie. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I actually just have a much better understanding of my menstrual cycle than you do. So like <laughs> you are irrationally afraid right now. Right. Because and you know, it's not your fault. Like to a certain extent, that's what we were taught. Like we the school system, at least that we went through, didn't teach us that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you know, I'm not surprised by my friends or my peers' responses, but then I'm like, don't make me feel crazy for knowing more yeah. information and for and then for seeking it out because I'm starting to be aware of this. Like, mm -hmm. and that's where it's so frustrating because it's like, I've figured out how to solve PMS and and cramping and how to feel better throughout my cycle and how to love it and like to learn that you know your ovulatory phase actually like reduces inflammation and keeps you from getting sick and all of these beautiful things. Mm. But then it's like you go back and you share this information with the people around you and they're shocked and they, and all you get is pushback. Yeah. And so why do you it, think that is, why do you think people are giving people give you pushback or in general, when you question something like that, why it gives gets pushback? I think it's because it's uncomfortable. Like yeah. we said in the beginning, it's like, especially like, I mean, I remember when we were on the pill and you were suggesting going off it, whatever, it was like crazy to consider like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I've been on this for two years. Like, have I yeah. been doing something that's not great for me? Yeah. And or like, was this a bad decision? Like, it's really uncomfortable to like, feel like maybe you made a, a decision that doesn't fit you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, I think it's, it's more rare than it is common to find people who are very okay with discomfort and are okay with like questioning themselves, basically. Like this, you know, the journey of questioning paradigms and the journey of questioning the mainstream, the institutions, your, your everyday life is scary and can feel very daunting because of course you're going to, you could feel bad about how you, how you've been doing things. And if you uncover yeah. a shadow or a demon and realize that you've just been doing as you're told your whole life, that's really hard. 
yeah. on you, understandably. But on the other side of it is basi- basically wait- awaits like a world of empowerment because showing yourself that you have the ability to own your shit and own your shadows, your demons, the things you've been doing mm-hmm. wrong, the things you haven't been questioning, you gain an ability to be so much more in charge of yourself because if you can identify it and wake yourself up, then like there's, then you can keep going and you can keep learning more and being okay with messing up. Yeah. And it's also like, like I feel like with this whole journey we've been on with our like menstrual cycle health, like I'm just constantly like excited and just like, yeah, what you're saying, like empowered of like what I'm learning and like where I am this month versus last month, instead of being mm-hmm. like, I'm not like constantly hating on myself for like the times that I didn't know the information I know now. And it's like, I think that's where, like, if you have the mindset that it's exciting to learn something new and exciting to change your beliefs because mm-hmm you're realizing something else, then you're not afraid for somebody to like shatter your belief system or Mm -hmm. like for someone to come in and tell you, you know, this actually like is false or I don't know. Like I feel like, or I think differently. Yeah. Like I have this completely different perspective. Like, would you be willing to hear that out? Yeah. And like, just it's like normalizing the discomfort of, growth and being challenged and and also not viewing changing your mind as a negative thing we were talking about this the other day because on my instagram story i was sharing um i googled like what do you call someone who's open-minded yeah and some of the terms that came up were like um persuadable swayable um broad-minded uh some of the other ones that were good were like um let me just find it and read it because it was really yeah. interesting. And we were kind of working through if any of those words felt like negative, they were negative yeah. and trying to change the, like the way that we look at essentially it's someone who changes their mind. Yeah, exactly. Because Let it's like, it. I mean, what we were talking about is like, why is it become such a bad thing to be someone who can change their mind? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, if I can enter a conversation and have a really strong viewpoint and you also have a strong viewpoint and one of us comes out changing our viewpoint, like what is wrong about that? Right. You know, like, yeah, well, I think it's, it's like whether this is something natural within us that like our, our brain is telling us it's concerning, but I think because in the context of like politics and culture and societal issues if it seems like someone is just going to tag on to whatever someone's saying yeah. in, in simple terms i think it, it feels alarming because we don't know where the person stands but i think if we switch we, it we expect people now to just tag on to what the mainstream media narrative whatever is being shared is it's like you like know people should agree with it yeah Like we don't accept, we as in the majority, like doesn't accept when somebody doesn't just like automatically agree. Mm. 
Like, and that's what's crazy is like, we've gotten to the point where I feel like it's not acceptable for people to just like move forward with their different belief systems. And like, it's okay for someone to have a different approach, even if it's not the same as mine. Like we can enter a conversation, both having strong opinions or viewpoints, Mm -hmm. listen to each other's, understand each other's and still leave the same way of like what we believe when we go out. Yeah. And like, or like be open to the idea that both of you could learn something new. Right. And like, but I think swayed. Yeah. But I think also it's just like, I don't need to feel threatened that you have a different viewpoint or a different approach or you're going to handle your health differently than I am. Like we could, we could enter this and like, I could be a person on birth control and you could be off of it and everything you share with me. And I still say, you know what? Like I don't have time in my life to change my diet right now. I don't have time to go change my doctor. Like Mm. this works for me. This is easy. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like, and I'm not, I'm not threatened by it. Like, yeah. I think what's interesting there that you're pointing out is when people feel so strongly about something that I think everyone can relate to this is like, but what if I'm like, you know, I can say you're literally my sister on birth control and you're telling me this and I'm like, no, but like, it's actually really bad for you. And like, you have to, because I care about you and like, I want the best for you. Yeah. And it's hard because we, most of us, you know, if we've thought through our positions and we feel really strongly about it, we feel really strongly for a reason. And we think that if we ran the world, this is how we would do it because we think that that's, we're doing the best with the information that we have. And so what's hard is letting go of like, you can have a productive conversation, but the person still, we each still stay in our, in our corner. But like that, I think is where people struggle, especially when it comes to like political things, because we literally feel like the state of the, the country is at, is at stake and that people will die if we don't do this thing. And I understand that. And like, I think that is why these conversations end up being really difficult is because if we're talking about, you know, how to fix the gun issue or something like we will each, if we're at different ends of the spectrum, we'll, we're each going to think that our solution, that the other person's viewpoint is actually costing lives. Mm -hmm. So that's why it gets hard to just sit here and be like, I respect that. But I think where you can get to that point is maybe deciding on. So actually this book I'm reading, I've talked about it 8 million times with this goddamn podcast. So I'm sorry for everyone. I keep bringing it up, but it's so good. The Art of Productive Disagreement by Buster Benson. He has this example um, where he had people over for dinner to talk about um, gun control. And instead of like setting up the dinner to be like, everyone talk about your views on gun control. He was like, what is the end goal in the gun debate? So what ended up happening is everyone went into it with the goal of like, we all probably want to come out, you know, with less lives taken, less people dying, more safety, whatever. Mm -hmm. So the conversation turned into understanding each person's viewpoint, the nuance in it, you know, they even like read statistics about, you know, how many gun deaths are there per year? Where did they come from? And because of that, they all realized that they actually share a common goal Mm -hmm. that they want less deaths from guns overall, but yeah. each person just views a different solution to it. Yeah. But 
it's hard because, you know, if you were on birth control and I, in my head, I was like, I know all this stuff about it that I view as so unhealthy and so bad for you. And you're like, no, I want to stay anyway. It's like, I have to respect that in a way. Well, because we live in a country now, like we live in a world where people in power can make the decision for you. Mm. And, you know, it's sort of like, okay, yes, like people can have different approaches and different belief systems and different ways to reach that end goal. But at what point do we not allow other people to to go about it the way they want to? So Mm. maybe a simple example is like pro-life versus pro-choice. Like, if you are pro-choice, then you believe, like, if you want to get an abortion, if you need an abortion, whatever, you can get one. Like, I'm not going to force it on you. Like, and don't don't force it on me that I can't make this choice, mm-hmm. right? Versus pro-life says, nobody. Like, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're pro-choice, like, I understand, like, okay, if you don't want to get an abortion, I'm not going to force you to get one. And that's totally fine, but I want the right to be able to do it for myself. Yeah. But then we have like larger health issues or larger issues overall that at what point do we like lose that line? Right. So like maybe you can, you can relate it. I mean, don't, don't, Oh, I'm hitting the mic. Don't, it doesn't need to be directly related now to the whole pro-life versus pro-choice. But like if you look at masks, and people who don't want to wear masks. Mm. And it's like, if I if I want to make myself more susceptible or whatever to COVID, like, I'm not, like, do I, am I forced to wear the mask? Mm-hmm. You know, like, somebody else has decided that this is the best way to keep me safe. But what if yeah. I have other ways of keeping myself, like, what if I believe there's, I keep myself safe in other ways. But yeah. we reach a point where, it's it's mandated. And so like what right. type and like, where's the line? There are, there what? are experts who disagree on whether they work or not. Right? right. It's like you can't just say, well, science. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of evidence to suggest that masks are the way to go, but I've also read a lot of evidence that say masks are not. more detrimental than they help us. And so at what point do we no longer accept certain people's beliefs and mm-hmm. certain people's viewpoints and their own data that they've accumulated or that they rely on and say, you know what, like ours is better than yours. Yeah. Or like the best issue with politics at some point, someone has to make a decision of what right. to do. And right. it's like, if you want to go the extreme of like so much freedom that we literally can't tell you what to do, like borderline anarchy, then like, yeah, literally you can't tell anyone to wear a mask. You can't tell anyone that they can't have, an abortion, like, it's just a fucking free-for-all. Yeah. But you have to have some semblance of order, which is why, right. like, we have to, we, we, you know, we have these debates, and we've yeah. tried to figure out how do you solve the gun issue. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I think, because someone has to make a decision in the end, we, sh- we need to support having conversations and in- encouraging people to entertain ideas from both sides, yeah. because that's how we'll actually arrive at the true best option. Right. Because the issue is when we start 
like insulting or just like discrediting or not giving the space for alternative viewpoints or just like someone else's viewpoint to be heard. Yeah. So it's like, you don't agree with what I'm going to say, then I'm not going to let you say it. And that's where it's like, yeah. Like we'll, we will, I think, I believe that we would as a society for a given issue naturally arrive at the best solution if all of the ideas are able to be presented and the best idea wins essentially right. like and none were sim- none were hitting but yeah like all of the ideas should be on the table because mm-hmm. that's how we're gonna see the holes and flaws in one argument and the you know the good points of the other but that's why like it's so we need to arrive at a point where we make a decision but i think we will feel better about the decision if we know that all of the ideas were considered Right. That is, I think, what we're getting at with this yeah. whole like blind trust thing. Yeah. Is that if it feels like everyone is doing something, but we didn't really think through why, then yeah. how do we know it's the best thing? Right. And like versus if everyone all, like is presented all of the options. Right. And like when you go to the gyno mm-hmm. and you're ex- like, you're explained to. This is what's happening every month. Like, here's your 28-day cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why you're experiencing PMS, cramping, acne. Here are some options. You can go on horm- hormonal birth control. We can give you progesterone, estrogen, whatever the different ones are. We can start you on, you know, being more aware of what you're eating and, like, eating in sync with your cycle and exercising in sync with your cycle, you know, Maybe you're a very intense athlete in high school and you don't want to have to slow down your workouts. Mm -hmm. Okay, like we'll ignore, we'll stop your cycle and we'll put you on birth control. But like, here are your options. Right. And then you decide. Yeah, it's like, I feel like I actually just gained a really big understanding of our, my personal and us together, our frustration with the like blind trust of narratives in general, mm-hmm. especially mainstream ones. Yeah. And it's that when it doesn't feel like all of the ideas and all of the options were presented and and that some were actually silenced and invalidated, even though they actually could have been valid. Yeah. When though when we don't feel like everything was on the table and a decision was made, that's really frustrating. Yeah. To see a society function that way. And when you're just like when you're at the table with your friends and you're the one who's not on birth control and you're either like, you're literally written off as like being crazy and being reckless. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is just such a crazy reaction to experience. And that's like, that's the norm when you're someone who's bringing up an alternative viewpoint or method or idea. And so like, it's wild. It's mind blowing. Like, yeah. why is it so difficult to sit down and just like listen openly to someone or something that doesn't, that's not exactly what you do mm-hmm. or what you believe? Yeah. Like, yeah. why do we struggle with that so badly? Or even it's like, you know, the default is to insult or to just like, yeah, ignore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, it gets at, like, you can understand. I, I feel like in the end, that's what a lot of 
frustrations come from is when people don't feel understood and they don't feel like the other party, the other person, the other group has done their diligence Mm -hmm. in understanding the other person's side and all the options on the table. Right. And, you know, when we just feel like we're being stereotyped, we're being misunderstood, then it's hard to build it's hard to have a good conversation based off of that. It's hard to make yeah. progress where like yeah. people just feel divided and then no one understands them. Yeah. And because I feel like what our experience has been is like, you know, once you realize one thing, like you open the can of worms and now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like every, we find ourselves questioning everything that we used to just like blindly trust or just like blindly go about. And that make that makes it even more difficult because all of a sudden, just like I don't know what the other examples are of, like maybe trusting. Um, you're trying to say a different example from wellness. Yeah, or even just like other examples of wellness, not. Yeah, being- well, I was going to say maybe like an example could be away from wellness would be like um, mainstream media. So like yeah. for me. Like I have lost a lot of trust in outlets like CNN and Fox, MSNBC, because I would like read news articles and then I would read a different article or hear from a different person or look into it further and see holes in how they're presenting information. Yeah. So it's like I like before if I was just reading it and saying they said that this event went down this way and this person said this and that means that and I was like okay that's reality moving on yeah and then I was like actually I'm gonna see what someone else has to say about this I'm gonna see what the other person feels and when you see like that people are making facts actually out of their opinion like something that's actually not like you know fact checkers like that's a whole issue did a whole episode on that you can check it out like it's the same thing. It's like m- most people are listening to and consuming information from the big five outlets of media. Yeah. When, and then you realize like, actually those outlets literally lie. Sometimes yeah. they, they bend the truth. They only publish things that are in line with their agenda. Right. You hear the CNN tapes that project Veritas exposed of the president of CNN being like, you have to talk about this issue in this way because it gets more clicks, whatever he was saying in that, in that arena. Yeah. I think it's like once sort of going back to like wellness, health and wellness is like, once you realize that there's different ways of going about things, I feel like every time I I'm presented with like a situation where I have to make a decision and I'm like, okay, I know that this there's like A and B way of going about this. I'm like, oh shit, like there's probably C, D, E, and F mm. that I have never been told about or that or I'm just being told like A, like this is the only way you go about this. Mm-hmm. And so now I find myself like in most things that I am go about in my day-to-day life thinking like, okay, what other way is there to go about this that I haven't mm-hmm. like been told or that I've never looked into or that I just like haven't even given room to believe that there might be something else. And so it just like leads. And it's like, 
I mean, I feel like overall it's really empowering. Like the whole, our whole process, I feel like we can say ours together (laughs) of like feeling empowered in our menstrual health, like understanding that your body is capable of aligning itself and like figuring out how to heal itself, Mm -hmm. all of those things, like is super is a super cool path to go down because then you realize like all of these pains or aches or different things that come up are signs or like signals from my body that something is going wrong and something needs to change mm-hmm. and it's capable i mean not everything obviously not everything is just capable from within but like a lot is the the majority of like non critical issues are and that's day-to-day health yeah and so that's just like it's really exciting to be going down that and to be empowered by like your day-to-day actions and decisions Mm -hmm. and know that everything you do can can make you feel better and make you overall just grow as a human yeah amen to that (laughs) yeah Yeah. i um if i I feel like in real time we came to a bigger understanding of why there's like a discomfort in questioning things mm-hmm. and the like root cause of what it is to blind trust and how that gets so widespread in society. Yeah. This was awesome. I agree. High five. We just solved Great all success. the world's problems. Great success. Yes, here we are. <laughs> love it um well my god thank you listener for listening in we hope you enjoyed um and you know if you didn't like it and felt like it was really different from your own view you know i just encourage an an open mind to considering other viewpoints and not to say that ours is the diehard correct one. This is our experience. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that 20 minutes in, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm yeah. going to say what I think. Yeah. Because that's what we all need more of. And any individual listening to this, you know, you should be empowered to say what you think and work through things and speak up and try to build your voice and express when things don't feel right and be open to people being against you or being with mm-hmm. you and the world Find that comes comfort with that. in discomfort. Yeah. Because it's going to lead to growth in the end. Exactly. We're all about growth, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, this was so fun. Thanks for coming on. Thanks of for course. flying all the way to LA. This is a great time to be on my pod. Goal time on yeah. 100% BS. We call ourselves, this is so cringe. I don't care. I love it. We call ourselves goals, like goals. girls, but with an O instead of an I. Ghouls. Ghouls. Um, that's us. That's us. Just a couple of ghouls. 100% Bella's sister. Exactly. BS. Um, well, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you did enjoy it, please, you know, share with a friend who might enjoy the conversation as well. Um, if you've not subscribed on wherever you listen to podcasts, if you subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, give the video a thumbs up. And if you really want to be a rock star, you could write me a nice review on Apple Podcasts because that yes. helps a girl out. Um, so yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day or night. And um, just, you know, question shit. Be, don't, don't blindly trust. 
No more blindly trusting. No more blindly trusting. All right. We're um we're we're out of here. <laughs>